to Blast from the Arsenal. Welcome Gooners, new and old, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm your host today, Angelo, and with a return as easily anticipated as that going to breaks on a Saturday afternoon, it's Did. How are you, Diddley? Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I thought oh, we've already lost you there for a second. We're obviously still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess that's what you were saying. You, you guess that was your your point yeah. of entry. Good work. Good work. Um, to our subscribers, thank you for downloading again. And if you're new, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. Um, and where can they find us on social media, Diddley? Because that's the hub of all of our activity: Twitter and Instagram. What's the handle? It's at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is. Very good. And obviously and they can find us on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Get involved. Get involved. Um, so this week's a, a bit of a different week. I know last week we we uh, we spoke about the international break. And obviously this week it continues. But, you know, it's Monday at time of recording. And we've got something to look forward to this weekend, which is the Leeds game. So obviously we'll talk about that shortly. Um, but in what has become last from the Arsenal tradition, I think we're going to start with a bit of uh, Tweet of the Week. You know, it's time for that jingle. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. That'll do, that'll do, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I love a bit of Tweet of the Week, you know. These people, uh, they make our day. Right, Tweet of the Week is a good one, actually. They're all good. They're all good. Tweet of the week comes from uh, our good friend of the show. Uh, 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 he's almost a, a legend in his own right now, isn't he? It's Paul, aka at Schmitty00. I still prefer uh, saying Schmitty, but you know. Our Scottish ambassador. Indeed. And funny that you should mention Scottish because his tweet of the week is given your Italian heritage, how buzzing were you to see Scotland qualify? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's good to have them back in a in a tournament. Uh, they're a good laugh. The old Scots. Uh, I'm married into a Scottish family, so oh, I know all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you split rivalries if they meet. Not your families. No. I mean the the two teams. If, if yeah, the two that's teams true. Yeah, yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. So obviously we're buzzing. We're buzzing pool. Um, as you could tell from our yeah, congratulations. Yes, good work, good work. Um, course, in all seriousness, uh, I think you might be saying what I'm about to say. Go for it. Well, you know, uh, it's good to have a uh, boy Katie at a big tournament, right? Exactly that. That's exactly what I was going to say. I always see these things with a bit of a double-edged sword because part of me is like, yes, you know, Scotland, for example, in this instance, haven't qualified. Fantastic. That means Katie gets a whole summer off. But in the in, you know in the other part it's like well I want to see him in a in an international tournament so uh, him and and obviously all the other internationals that we've got so um, there you go tweet the week that was for you Schmitty good work uh, Thank you. right. Thank you very much as ever as ever yeah. how did he get in touch he contacted us on Twitter at Blast Arsenal Pod. Arsenal Pod yes whilst we're talking internationals it's been a, a mixed bag for. Uh, gunners that have been on the road uh, over this past week and a bit. Yeah. Um, any any performances or matches or or anything that's uh, taken your your eye? 
Bakayo Saka, I think, uh, getting his first taste of competitive, and I'll put finger quotes up there for that. Um, but he did come on against Belgium. Uh, he England did. lost 2-0, and he came on to replace Ben Chilwell. Um, I think he's being wasted at, at left back, but there you go. Yeah, me too. Did you see that, uh, what will one day become an iconic photo when he obviously wins the Ballon d'Or for the fourth time? Um, I haven't seen or, it's It's basically uh, it's him surrounded by four Belgian players that look mesmerised by what he's about to do. In the, <laughs> right, same, yeah. in the same breath, I think there's one of... Maradona? Uh, is it Pilo? Yeah, Maradona, Pirlo against Spain, and I think actually it may have been uh, Iniesta against Italy, funnily enough, and a couple yeah. of others. So, you know, good work. I'm really, really pleased for him that he's getting his chance. And actually, more than that, he's doing a good bloody job too. He is. Uh, in the previous game, he was man of the match against Ireland. Yeah. Um, deservedly so. Yeah. I just hope he doesn't get burnt out and pick up injuries. That's my only yeah. worry. Yeah. Um, he's he's key for us as it is, let alone playing for England. So. Yeah, his versatility obviously makes him. Um, yeah. A key a key player for us, I guess a a key player for England because then he can fill a, n- a number of roles, can't he? But um, as you say, that then does put him in the. Uh, I guess in in the shot window for for injuries. Mm. so to speak so um yeah fingers crossed he's uh he gets the most out of his international appearances did um do you know if Ainsley Maitland-Niles got a look in at all I'm not sure he did but as far as I'm aware he didn't yeah uh, do you want me to check that or nah, don't worry about it don't worry about nah. it forget about uh, it other players that featured yep. Alex Rinarsson Good for him to get some minutes. He yeah. played uh, the full match uh, as Iceland lost 2-1 against Denmark. I mean, that's never good, though, is it? <laughs> good that he got minutes, but they lost. Um, yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying that's all on him, but... You know, no, but look, do. I think uh, one of them was a penalty. Um, yeah, Christian Eriksen, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, they, they were both penalties, yeah. Oh, were they? Oh, right, yeah, okay. both Christian Eriksen penalties. Cool. So, you know, from open play, he's kept a clean sheet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love what you're doing. If you, if you want to look, yeah, take some positives from it. Look, right, it's look at it. He's getting some minutes and experience, and that's a, a high level to be getting those those minutes as well. Yeah, and look, if you look at it, you take away the two penalties, the 1-1-0. So, you know, yeah. he's, <laughs> yeah. he's led us to a victory. It does. Yeah, that's right. So, that's man one match, Alex Runison there. Yes, <laughs> for, excellent. For Iceland. Excellent work. <laughs> uh, who else played? Mo El Neni, the Egyptian Pirlo. Yeah. Played the full game. Egypt won. They beat Togo 1 0 in the Africa Cup of Nations qualifying rounds. Uh, believe it or not, he provided the assist. I can't believe the goal. It. Yeah. He's a legend. I know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Best Egyptian player out there. He is. Um, and he doesn't. He hasn't contracted COVID either because he's not stupid like Mo Salah. And yeah. He, did you see what he got up to? Uh, I did, but remind me, I forget. He went to his brother's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit yeah. like. Uh, I guess Mo Amendi's a bit like Chuck Norris, you know. Right. Where 
maybe COVID tried to fight with El Nene and El Nene beat it. Yeah, I'd imagine so, yeah. Swerved it's it. Hardcore. It's hardcore like that. He swerved it, yeah. Who else you got? Who else has had some uh, some game time and no rest? Uh, Sayad Kalasinac played the full game for Bosnia and Herzegovina against uh, the Netherlands. They got hammered 3-1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't can't tell you much else about that game, to be fair. Uh, Granit Xhaka. <laughs> Granit Xhaka played the full match as... Switzerland drew 1-1 with Spain. Did you see that game? I didn't, but I'm glad Xhaka got some minutes because he was on the bench for the last two games for, for Arsenal, I think. Mm. Um, so actually, if nothing else, to keep him ticking over with match fitness, I'm quite quite happy that he, uh, he played. But no, you, you asked if I saw that game and I didn't. Are you about to tell me something amazing happened? Or? Oh, well, just that the uh, Spanish shithousery defender Sergio Ramos missed twice from the penalty spot. Uh, and his second one was was reminiscent of uh, Adamola Lookman's Penenka last oh, yeah. week as well. <laughs> you'd think if you'd missed one, you'd just got to put your foot through it, right? Yeah. Or did he do the same thing twice? Yeah. Oh, I need to see that. Need to see uh, that. That was he. He broke the record for um, European appearances at international level. So, what? Any player, any country, or just for Spain? You mean? Any and uh, all every player. 177 oh, wow. caps he's got. Jesus, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it must be for an outfield player because I thought Buffon had like 185 or something. I don't know, but that's what hey, you that's know. What, what? Said. neither of them play for Arsenal, so these people so, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think the only one you probably missed is uh, KT himself, was it? Oh yeah, obviously KT. Um, Gabriel played as well, but for yes. Brazil under 23s. Yeah. You know what? They must have some good Brazilian defenders to keep out that guy, based on his performance yeah. so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you would think. David Luiz, is he one? Uh, I don't know if he plays for Brazil, actually. I suspect he's probably in the squad, but but not playing. But, um, yeah. Now, talking of international players, there were two international players for opposing teams that um, they tried to mask a bit of a situation. Oh, I love what you did done there. That. Yeah, lovely. Seamless link. Um you probably know a bit more about this than I do, but uh, Aubameyang and Cruz having a bit of a to-do over uh, Auburn's yeah. celebration using the Black Panther mask. What's yeah. Your situation, Alex? Um, well, where to start with this? So Cruz, uh, the Real Madrid German midfielder, uh, said on a podcast, I won't even attempt to announce, uh, pronounce what what it's called. Uh, he said, Aubameyang once celebrated and took out a mask. That's where it ends with me. I don't think that's a good ro- role model either. What nonsense. Okay? So he's obviously got some sort of problem with celebrating a goal, you know. Um, Too cool I for guess, school. Yeah, I guess he's uh, not much fun to hang out with, would be... <laughs> Beat my view looks, on it. He does look quite dull, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, be, was he? Yeah, go on, go on. No, I've got to be honest. I, I don't really understand why he's named Aubameyang 
um, specifically. You know, it, it's it's a bit of an unwritten rule to between footballers. I think is you can have an opinion about something, but to name and shame a player while you're still playing, um, yeah, it's not it's not the dumb thing. It's not not for me. Poor etiquette, um, is that what you're saying? Yeah, bad. Yeah, really bad. I, I wonder if, I mean, he played for Bayern Munich, didn't he, before he was at Real Madrid? Yeah. Um, which is obviously direct rival to Borussia Dortmund, which is where um, yeah. Aubameyang was. However, if I'm not mistaken, did his Germany teammate Marco Royce not put on a mask at some point at the goal celebration? Did, yeah. uh, but he didn't name check him, did he? Well, no, he didn't, no. Um, so it's almost like, you know, one one rule for one, one rule for another. I have to be honest, he came out and said, I did it for my son and for children because yeah. they love all that sort of stuff, you know. Uh, and, he, and I think his response was something along the lines of, <laughs> is it, does does, uh, does he have any children? I hope one day. Yeah, so he, he responded on Twitter saying, look, by the way, you know, does Tony Cruz have kids? Remember, I did this for my son a few times and I will do it again. I wish you have kids uh, one day and you can make them happy. Like this junior school pupil um, talk. Uh, and then he said, talk, don't forget, mask on, stay safe. Hashtag. Yeah, yeah I like that. Um, he's, I've seen a lot of stuff. He's been bombarded from... Arsenal fans on Twitter, Tony Cruz. Um, yeah. yeah. He, and if he's messed with, he's, don't mess about with on Twitter. Oh, awesome. yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's messed with the wrong fan base. Yeah. Uh, you mess with us, mate, and you're cruising for a Bruce. <laughs> 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 oh, I thought my jokes are bad, but that's quite good, actually. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what for a what are your thoughts on celebrating? And it's, yeah, it's funny you say that. It's it used to be such an iconic signature, didn't it? You know, you think back mm. to uh, World Cups with Roger Miller dancing at the corner. You have the Ravinelli with the shirt over your head. Uh, you know, you, you think of all sorts of different celebrations that are famous. Even flipping Alan Shearer just running away with his hand in the air. You know, yeah. they're iconic, aren't they? Um, and I, and I wonder whether we've got to a point where all the celebrations have been used up. So people are starting to come up with new stuff like this. Um, yeah. And I'll be 1000% biased and say, Aubameyang doing it, wicked. But if that was Son at uh, Spurs, I'd be calling him a wanker. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I think, uh, uh, personality to do it then maybe you can get away with it. I don't know. You couldn't imagine a James Milner doing that, could you, for, for arguments? I, no, I just, I don't understand what Tony Cruz's point is, really, to be honest, because celebrating, um, it's a it's an emotional response a lot of the time, you know, to, to, mm. uh, to scoring a goal. And if you take that away from football, what are you what are you left with, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and did you have it, trademark with, celebration? Did I? I? Yeah. Or would you? Do you know what your your trademark celebration would be? 
no. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Don't know. Come up with one, and uh, another time you can tell us about it. We can reenact it. I quite like the team choreography ones i think they're from finland there's a team in finland that have like all, all 11 members of the team do stuff like catching a fish or uh no. i don't know all, that, all sorts that's of where like i that. would probably draw the line i think you know if you're practicing stuff like that you know and involving the six or seven of the players yeah wow yeah i used to just put my hands up or do a little fist bump nothing i never did anything i couldn't do i can't do flips so i didn't do yeah. that um, yeah yeah nothing nothing special really for uh, me i'm afraid no. um knee not even a knee slide no. <laughs> I, actually looking back i can't think of any iconic arsenal every time they scored they did x type of celebration can you uh, no, I mean, right, right. He was famous for his celebrations, but they were always all. They was always different, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. He was just always went mental. Yeah, or he'd do a little, uh, little thing with uh, Kevin Campbell back in the yes. day. Yes, yes, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Henri's kind of famous for a knee, maybe a knee slide. Yeah, like he used to do that, didn't he? But yeah, no, no one else really. That I can think of. Yeah. Of course, you you've got some stupid incidents that we've had uh, in the near past, like Giroud doing the scorpion, stupid scorpion celebration. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was horrendous. But yeah, made it on that, FIFA, so you've got to ask, you know, what do you want out of this? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have to ask yourself as well. Do some of them come up with things so it gets on there? Yeah. Well, it can become a, you know, a signature move like that can become a trademark. I mean, look at Mbappe, as simple as it is, you know, he just celebrates and then puts his, like, folds his arms and puts his hands under his armpits, doesn't he? And that's become his, like, trademark. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, each of their own, I guess. But, yeah, your take on this is, what, you, you, you're cool with him doing it? Of course, yeah, I'm all for it. It's an emotional response. It's inspiring for kids. You know, kids, when they score, they, they want to copy it. Like, even... Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I'm not like a, a fan of his, but how many kids have you seen do yeah, that? In yeah. The, you know. So. I don't know what the technical term for that is called, but it's like a spin. Put your hands down, and is it called the C? C. That's what you kind of said. Yeah. yeah. So again, uh, he 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 must have done that. How many times? 500 times? How many goals he scored for Real Madrid? And Tony Cruz was there, so... Yeah. Uh, Let's just call him a miserable fuck. Yeah. Yeah. If there's any more updates on that, we'll let you know next week. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And you know it's been a slow international week when, you know, something like that makes it onto a podcast and actually goes quite viral, doesn't it? Mm. Um... Now, just veering away from Arsenal for one second, but continuing with the movie theme, because, uh, of course, Aubameyang's mask that he used in his girls' celebration was Black Panther. There's the movie reference, if anyone didn't get it. Um, but as I say, moving away from Arsenal, Wrexham have just been bought out today, and uh, they have been purchased by... I'm not, a, I'm not a film buff. Is it Ryan Reynolds? No, that's the Ryan old guy. Reynolds. Is it Ryan Reynolds? 
Yeah, and who's the other guy? Uh, I don't know his name. He's famous though, isn't he? Uh, not famous enough. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, oh, here you go. Rob McEl. Oh yeah, Rob <laughs> was off the tongue, didn't it? That one. Rob McEl Nenny. I'm not even joking. <laughs> That's his <Is> name. <laughs> Rob McEl Nenny. Hold on, there's something dodgy going on here. Look. Oh yeah, it is. It's like a Scottish version of uh, of Moel Nanny. Anyway, cut a long story short, in classic actor fashion, they've put out a video, haven't they? An announcement video. Um, yeah. Which um, almost a, it's like an advert for their sponsor and a bit of a piss take. So go check that out. That's um, hilarious and uh, very much, I guess, in keeping with the times of uh, uh, of you know the way that. Uh, announcements are made in football. I lost my train of thought there. You know, yeah. you think every time there's a new um, a new announcement for a signing, for example, that's to be some fancy high budget production video, and you've got to think of something original every single time. Um, you know, I, like William Saliba's was epic. I don't know if you've ever saw that one. It was on the plane, and it was all very cinematic, and it was like touchdown. Yeah, yeah. That's like the sort of signing Any, video announcement you'd have for like a major, major player. Yeah, you'd think he'd be uh, playing games for us, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and other clubs get it wrong and bring out a piano into the middle of a football pitch. But, you know, they wasted money all around there. So, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't yeah. imagine the Cronkies doing something like that, could you? <laughs> oh, I doubt they even... Uh... No, after players are mate. Guys, cool. fly Emirates. Yeah, shocking, shocking. Right, let's move away from that and let's start talking about some real football. Um, we're obviously going to preview the Leeds game in a minute, uh, but a couple of bits we want to talk about. First one was the under 23s, because um, if I'm not mistaken, they've been doing pretty well recently, haven't they? Yeah. Or not? Have I made that up? I might well, have made that. Up. Overall, not really. They're they're close to the bottom of the league, uh, but they did win six 0 the other day. There you go. That's that's the pretty good I'm talking about. Um, yeah. What we find, I think, with the youth is that periodically they've always had a chance at Arsenal, haven't they? Certainly mm. during the Wenger years, they were always given a chance. Even before that, George Graham. You know, you think about the the young players that came through the academy, Parler, you know, Merson, Adams, etc. Um, I think we've always been a club that's been synonymous with giving younger players a chance. Um, uh, you know, even if you look a bit f- further into our recent past with Jack Wilshire, Chesney, you know, Bentner. I know they were all signed to our academy, but that's kind of the way it works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but more recently, we've obviously spoken loads about the Hale M boys and the brilliant, brilliant progression that they've made. And so I think we started looking a bit deeper into the uh, into the under-23s to see who could be the next set of stars that might make it through into the first team. Um, probably a quick question we should have put out to our, our lovely listeners to see if they had any uh, insight for us. But any names yeah. and faces that sort of got you thinking? Well... Obviously, there's a couple that have had a few games here and there, I think. Uh, yeah. Or, or at least made the squad. I think you've got sort of Smith Rowe, 
he, he scored two in that game. Um, and he looks like he's getting back to near his best. And, and maybe he'll be involved at some point. Um, yeah. We recently signed uh, that tall striker, Nicolas Mora. Yes. He scored twice, and uh, he scored a, in previous game as well. He he looks uh, tidy, tidy. Player. He does. He does. I saw some uh, footage of him. Um, I saw some footage of him in his debut, and I forget who it was against. But Christ, he looked decent. You know, it was one of those that was kind of right place, right time. You mm. know, the timing of of being there was um, was really impressive. So I look forward to seeing what you know. What, what chance he gets in in uh, in the future and what he can bring to the first team, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another player that's caught my eye, and he's a little bit under the radar. He, he, it might be a bit too soon for him, but Ben Cottrell as well. Yes. He's, a, yeah. he's a midfielder, creative, again. Um, likes having the ball, good passing, gets, gets in the box. I like him a lot. And, of course, uh, you've got, uh, following Balogun, who yeah. uh, came on for his debut the other week in the he Europa did. League, yeah, uh, he just scores goals for fun, so he's someone to look out for. And then there's he, a, there's a few players out on loan as well that I like yeah. the look of. Uh, um, I like Mark McGuinness, centre mm-hmm. back, and I really like Max Smith as well, the guy that uh, looked FA like FA Cup winner, Matt Smith. Yeah, the yeah FA Cup winner, Matt Smith. Yeah, hearing a lot of good things about it. He's uh, yeah. spell uh, Swindon, I think Swindon. it is. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, yes, I hear a lot of good things about him too. Um, so uh, what I always find, and I don't know if you you've noticed this, is we seem to be quite good at integrating and promoting attacking youth. Mm. I can't really remember any defenders in no. recent years that have come through the ranks as youth and actually made it. I know you could argue Hector Bellerin. Yeah, but, um, probably the only one, isn't it? Uh, maybe... Uh, Saka, if you can't. Saka. Yeah, if you count him as a left-back. But I guess predominantly is more attacking. Of course, there's um, uh, name escapes me. Went to West Brom, left back. I can see his Kieran face. Gibbs. Thank you, Kieran Gibbs. Yeah, obviously an academy player. Um, but you know, never really convinced. And I guess the fact mm-hmm. that he dropped down to West Brom when they were in the Championship kind of confirms what his level is. I think we just struggle to, for whatever reason have the well, faith for me it's just it's a it's a tricky position because while you they could be talented and, and you want to give them minutes it is really a big risk because if they make a mistake they get found out yeah punished um and they get punished uh it's hard mentally for them and yeah you know, as a team, you're gonna it's gonna cost points, right? Yeah. Whereas if you've got someone who's creative further forward, let's say Reese Nelson or Saka, that you mm. can put in those wider positions. You know, if they lose the ball near the edge of 
the opposition's penalty area, it's not such a big deal, you know. Yes, yeah, so you won't they, be they, as... they can get away with making mistakes further up the pitch. I think I think that's really what it's down to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it'd be good to see if we can develop some homegrown defenders, even if they play League Cup, FA Cup, Europa League. Uh, you know, look at us now. Europa League, three wins out of three, is it? And um, all but qualified. It's almost like, you know, is, is that an opportunity to maybe blood someone through? Um, so, yeah, that's that's always just one thing that, that I always think about. But um, there you go. Any others that have caught your eye or you, you've heard good things about? Um, again, you know, going back to defenders, we've got a young Spanish left back Joel Lopez he joined mm-hmm. a couple of years ago now I think um, he's, he looks like he's sort of coming on quite well um, and we, we might need some cover at left back in the future yeah yeah true um, some of the names that I, I've been hearing on, again one thing you'll get on this podcast is honesty we don't, expect, uh, we don't claim to be experts in every uh, facet of Arsenal's um, Arsenal's squad, I guess, but uh, mm. some of the signings that we've made this summer actually. Um, Saladin, the uh, Dutch young chap, did he come yeah. from PSV or have I made that up? Well, no, I think that's correct. Yeah, um, hearing really, really good things about him, so I look forward to seeing what, what he's all about. Um, Miguel Aziz, always yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot about him. him. Yeah, people reckon he might be one of the next ones to break through. Um, and I've heard rave reviews about Tim Akinola, who joined us this season on a free transfer from Huddersfield. Right. Which is weird. He, he was left he left there, not offered a new contract or chose not to take it, one or the other. But um, a combative, combative, I can never say that word properly, uh, midfielder, you know, tough in the tackle, but, but, but can, can pass it about a bit. So yeah. look forward to seeing what he can do. We've spent a lot. Well, if we've spent a lot, that's that's the wrong, completely wrong phrase to use, and, and a complete lie. We've not spent a lot, but we've invested in youth signings, haven't we? If you think mm. about this summer, some of the purchases that we've made. George Lewis is another one. I think he came from from Norway, didn't from he? Norway, yeah. Like third division in Norway or something random like that. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the second division. Yeah, in Norway. Yeah. Told, totally um, wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah. He's supposedly going to make it. You know, by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. It's it's kind of strange how it can go from one to the other. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we're obviously investing in youth, and it goes back to maybe what we were talking about about before the transfer window closed. In as much as stock up on players, build up their experience, build up their value, and sell them, and try and create a bit of a pipeline in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. You think that's kind of the plan? I do. Yeah. If if we're not gonna if they're not going to make it at Arsenal, you know, hopefully they're sort of talented enough to to command some sort of fee and we don't just release them. Yeah. Because the way things are at the moment, every sort of penny counts, doesn't it? So, you know, even if you're getting 100,000, it's something, you know. Yeah. It's a couple of uh, days of Mesut Ozil's wage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do wonder um, 
you know, we've not been the greatest at selling players, have we, and commanding a decent fee, no. regardless of whether they've been youth or um, uh, or an experienced first team player. And uh, was it two weeks ago, Husfami, who was the contract negotiator, left Arsenal? Yeah. Uh, because all footballing matters is now being dealt with by Edu and Arteta. So I wonder if, mm-hmm. you know, there's some, there's some real change in structure here. And I wonder if we'll reap the benefits of um, footballing people doing the footballing jobs. Uh, and, you know, let's see where we are in 12 months time. How many of these players have been out on loan, gained experience? And if they're not going to yeah. make it, what sort of fee we can command? So, yeah, and I think... Uh, We've got someone who does know a lot about football in that sort of respect, looking after the youngsters and being that contact for them in permanent yeah. soccer. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just an, he's an intelligent guy, and yeah, I, I like what he's doing and what he's got mm. to say. Mm. Shout out for another podcast here. It's actually the Arsenal podcast, the official one, and it's called In Lockdown, I think. Have you seen right, that? Okay. Or heard, heard, heard I haven't. That? I haven't. It's really no. good. It's called In Lockdown, and they have a former Arsenal player on every one, and it's like an interview. Right. Do you remember, you know, your first day joining Arsenal? What was it like? Blah blah blah. Anyway, they've done one with Per Mertesacker, and he, he speaks really, really well. And you know, people always say he's an intelligent guy, and I can understand that. I can see that in the way that he. Um, I guess in the way he put, puts his message across, and you can see why maybe the the kids love him as well. You know, he's kind of got that uh, uh, teacher vibe about him. Yeah, you know? he's, he's the BFG, you know. He is the BFG. German, so. Yes, yeah, exactly. Good, all right. Well, uh, good to know that our youth setup is in safe hands. And, um, you know, if, if we've missed anyone out that uh, any of our listeners think, how could you miss him? He is an absolute beast. Yeah, give give us a heads up. Give us a heads up. Always on that Twitter, at LastArsenalPod. There you go. Right. The second footballing thing we were going to talk about before previewing the Leeds game was best and worst moments or players so far this season. So, uh, granted, we're only, what, eight games in? Mm. Something like that. Um, but it's been a long eight games, I think. You know, you think back to that first game of the season against Fulham, it feels like we've been playing for months and months and months. Yeah. So, what are your highs and lows of the season so far? It could be anything, but from a footballing yeah, perspective. Uh, for me, it's got to be the signing and performances of Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for someone to come in, you know, and sort of, hit the ground running at that age coming relatively unknown you know I mean obviously Twitter people knew about him but of course they did you know but I think uh, he surprised me for sure and uh, I could tell from the Fulham game really how, how good he could be and he's gone from strength to strength. I think against United, he was colossal. And I'm I'm just so happy that he's that we've managed to sign him. And and you, we were talking last week about 
bad signings from previous sort of managers and regime staff, you know, who 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 that. Hopefully, Arteta and Edu are uh, getting things right. Mm. Um, I think what we don't appreciate with the signing is how far in advance they're scouted and all the due mm. diligence that goes into you know looking at a player and thinking again Wenger used to say it a lot player can be brilliant technical ability and everything else but it's about his character what's he like as a person really integrate into the team and they've hit the nail on the head with this guy because he just seems to have bonded so well if you follow him on the social media and any of the other Arsenal players they love him don't mm. they you know he just fits in yeah 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 it's great to yeah. see you know um I, I can see him being a future captain that, that's how good I think he is um and, and he's got good leadership skills as well from the back from from day one I saw him you know pointing and shouting at people and it's good to see you know once, once he's uh lingo gets even better and he becomes more confident and he grows into that role uh, I think that, that he could well be mm. and I think with someone like David Luiz taking him under his wing mm. you, you couldn't ask for a better mentor you know for for all the jokes people have on uh, all the jokes people have on um, uh, David Luiz you know the, the fun they make out of him Actually, as a mentor, yeah. I can imagine he would be fantastic. You know, he is a very professional player. Um, you know, you never hear of him having crazy nights out and, and trouble with the police or anything like that, do you? So, um, okay, I, I totally agree. It's a, it's a very good high. Any other highs? Yeah, it's probably a... No, no, no. I thought you said low, sorry. <laughs> We could go on to your low. I was going to say we could go to the other highs, but yeah, otherwise, your no, lows. No, no, uh, I'll just do one. Uh, and then my low is probably another signing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that sort of came to a culmination with our last performance in Villa. And, and for me, that's William. I've just been really disappointed in what he's produced or not produced, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, he's he's been consistently inconsistent. Mm. And I think that has been a major problem. Um, you know, when a player leaves a club under any circumstance, there's always an element of bitterness. You know, unless they're retiring. But if they go to another club, and especially a, a rival, there's always that element of bitterness of, oh, we shit, oh, we... He, you know, he never runs. Oh, he never scores. Oh, yeah, he never tackles. Yeah. And so there was a lot of Chelsea noise, you know, from from fans saying, "Oh, he gives the ball away loads." I'm glad he's going. You know, you sort of think, "Yeah, all right, just because he's leaving." <laughs> and now we're eight games in with him, plus Europa League. You kind of think, "Yeah, yeah, actually, he does give the ball away quite a bit, doesn't he?" And yeah, and. Uh... You know, you sort of touched on previously that he sort of he gives you a bit more structure and he can follow instruction better than let's say Pepe because that's who he's up against, right? Yeah, yeah. Position position wise, um, gives you a bit more defensive security. But 
I, I, I'm not sure I'm seeing that. Um, it, it, he gave the ball away for one of the Villa goals last week and, mm-hmm. and didn't even look interested in trying getting it back. And when you look at what Pepe has produced, sort of five goal and assists or something like that, um, I'd rather have someone like that in the side, you know. Effective. You know, Effective. Yeah, sort of at the other end, at that end of the pitch, giving us something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who cares if, if he gives it away or he doesn't? Well, obviously you, you care, but, you know, if, if William's doing that, then then what is it? How is he How is he keeping his place in the team at, at this moment? It would be interesting yeah. to see, you know, We'll we'll get on to, to the lineup against Leeds, but I'll be surprised if if William starts that game, I will be very very surprised. Yeah, and a little bit annoyed as well. I think a bit frustrated. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I've got two different highs and lows, but okay. I would wholeheartedly agree with the two that you've put forward because I think yeah. Gabriel has been a ten out of ten signing and. You know, there's been pockets of what William's done that you think that's been good. You know, off the ball stuff. Um, you know, making runs to create space, all of that sort of stuff. But you want a player in an attacking position to be, as you say, effective, have influence on the game, even if it's for, as you say, five minutes and it's a goal or it's an assist. But it's something you've left your mark on the game somehow. But I don't think we've had anywhere near enough of that. However. I do think some of that has been driven by Arteta and, you know, he's not exactly said, you're going to be my right winger and just my right winger. He's played him in a number of different positions. And I think, you know, as a, as a player, surely you just want consistency in the job, you know, tell me where you want me to be, leave me there and I'll get on with it. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the, the way I'm seeing it. So we'll, we'll see. My highs and lows are actually based on performances so my high so far this season is the victory over Man United. Because yeah. although we only won 1-0 and it was the penalty, the performance was by far the, the, the best we've played this season. You know, we could have been 2, 3, 4, 5, 0, whatever, up. We were just chance after chance after chance. And it kind of tells the story of the season so far. Um in as much as not scoring enough goals, and that's a whole other issue to to sort out. But um, the performance left me with hope, and it's always the hope that kills you, especially as an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it really left me with some hope that oh, okay, we are on the right tracks, so and we are gonna, you know, make our mark on this uh, on this league this year. What did you think about that game? Yeah, I just have to agree with you. It, it was it's easily the best we've played this season. I thought best first half easily, and uh, just to get that hoodoo out as well, you know that away win. I think yeah. could be important this season, and we've we've yeah. done it sort of quite early on. You yeah, know, so if if we did lost that game or or not won it, say, you know. It's uh, it, it's going to be a long old season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, my low this season, 
and I think we might have had a couple already, if I'm honest, to choose from. But my low from a performance was definitely that Aston Villa match mm. just before the international break, because you know there's there's losing because the team has played well, and there's losing because you've not turned up. And I actually think it was a bit of both. I think we were so poor that we helped Villa to look fantastic. You know, they've made some some good signings this season, but let's not forget they scraped survival from the Premier League last season. Yes, yeah. they put seven past Liverpool, but you could put that down to being a freak game. But then to put three against us at home when we've had the best defensive record in the, in the league so far, it just yeah. all that promise from the Man United game was just like a balloon that was popped in one game. Yeah. And, uh, said it on Twitter this week never been so happy in international break because I just think we needed to escape that negativity mm. yeah it was it was hugely frustrating game uh, probably the worst that I've seen him play under Arteta and I think ultimately it was a culmination of things we had 11 players that gave a 4 out of 10 performance yeah um, the Lineup was maybe the wrong lineup. The tactics maybe not quite right, especially for a home game. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. Villa playing quite well, and a, you know a culmination of that can result into a you know a big big defeat like three nil. Mm. Hopefully, it was just a freak result, and uh, we come out fighting this weekend yeah yeah and uh, I think we said before we're going to this international break hopefully it gives Arteta a bit of time to reevaluate how his team have been playing and mm. really try and cement who he thinks is his best 11 uh, and in what formation so uh, there you go some highs and lows from the yeah, season yeah. we're only eight games in you know plenty to be going up Obviously, he's had a lot of players to uh, to work with because we we haven't got a massive amount of internationals away players. Yeah. So you know he's been able to work with quite a few of the of the guys. Uh, yeah. One player we didn't mention uh, during the international section was Aubameyang. Yes, of course. <laughs> he he scored for uh, for his country and uh, yeah. And uh, did you hear what happened to them? No. They got stuck at an airport. Oh yes, I saw him post something on uh, on Instagram. It was like a, a story, and it, I'm sure it was him looking at his laptop at like three in the morning or something. I might be wrong, but it looked like that. But... Yeah, yeah. They had to sleep on the airport floor. See, something's money can't buy. Yeah. See. You think they fly first class, live this jet set lifestyle, but there they, there they are. That's the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Well, look, it's good to reflect. It's good to take stock of the where we're at. And um, I guess from losing against a team that scraped relegation into the championship to a team that um, convincingly won the championship, it's Leeds, who we play... Mm next uh and i can't believe this it's next sunday 
at 4.30. What have we done to the football calendar gods for them to keep giving us late Sunday games? Yeah, I, uh, I understand know. playing on a Sunday if uh, we played on a Thursday in the in the Europa League, but we, we've not. So somehow we're still making it into a flipping Sunday, glitching the system. Yeah. That said, more rest for all the international players. Yeah, right, at least it? we're uh, we're also like we're not the pay per view, right? That's true. That is true. You have to look for these small victories, and quite frankly, a small victory against Sky is as uh, as welcome as a small victory against Leeds. So um, let's have a look then. Leeds. Leeds are winless in their last seven meetings with Arsenal. In all competitions since a 3-2 win at Highbury in May 2003, which I believe stopped us from having a chance of winning the title, didn't it? It did, Mark- yeah. Uh, Mark Viduka. Good player he was. He was, but come on. Arsenal. Um, um, so, uh, so I always say, though, those sort of statistics are kind of bullshit, really, because Mark Viduka's team don't play anymore. So, you know, <laughs> who really cares? Um Leeds have lost the last two Premier League games. They've not lost three league games in a row under Marco Bielsa. Um, last doing so in November 2017. So they are on a bit of a poor run. However, Arsenal have lost three of their last four Premier League games, as many as in their previous 12. Mm. Um, and the Gunners have failed to score in each of those three defeats and haven't found the net from open play in the last six hours and 26 minutes of Premier League action. Fucking hell, that's depressing. <laughs> um, let's just reminisce for a second before we get into yeah. the nitty-gritty. Do you have a favourite game against Leeds in years gone by, or moment, or you know something Leedsy? Leedsy. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be fair, they're all sort of. They used to be quite good games, you know. There are lots of goals, um, mostly for us. Which was always always good, and um, of course they had a, a former Arsenal legend as their manager at, at one point, Indeed. David O'Leary. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, for me it is it's got to be the moment that we were all waiting for, the return of the King. That could be a movie. The sound of that. It, it actually is a movie, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the third one. But uh, anyway, going back to this, Arsenal v Leeds, Thierry Henry, Return of the King, FA Cup, nil-nil, sort of 76th minute, 75th minute, I think he came on. Um, immediate impact, because a few minutes later, Alex Song picks the ball up in centre midfield, who... To be fair, was sort of better than people gave him credit for when it came to assists and passing and his vision and this pass for Thierry Henry. You know, he cuts three, four defenders out with this one pass. Delightful. Henry takes it in his stride, one touch out of his feet um, just inside the area, left of the six-yard box, I mean, and he just strokes it into the corner. Yeah, it was a very Thierry Henry goal, wasn't it? It was his trademark kind of finish, if you like, wasn't it? Yeah, and looking at his celebration again, 
very emotional and if you take that away you know what what are we left with so yeah. up yours tony cruz <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh i wonder even if for non-arsenal fans that was an iconic moment that you almost remember where you were at the time of, of watching it because um you know the majority of premier league players uh, sorry the, the majority of premier league fans even if they were non-arsenal fans will still have moments where you know they, they remember Henri and his legacy yeah, and everything sure. about so the fact that he came back and he scored that goal which turned out to be a winning goal was uh yeah it was amazing wasn't it it was just amazing yeah it was amazing yeah um yeah. my my uh it's hard isn't it? i've got two that kind of stick in my mind so i'm gonna be greedy and just have them both um the two against leeds that i remember one game in particular i think it was uh 2004 arsenal played leeds one five nil and uh Henri scores four that was one of the best performances I've seen from him. He was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that lead side weren't, you know, shabby by any means. They had some decent players, and he just made them look fools. Uh, and in particular, Danny Mills. Oh uh, yeah. If, if you remember, he sort of um, he takes the ball into the corner right under the nose of the assistant referee and uh, Henri. You know, he's big and strong and, and tall and powerful, and people kind of forget. And um, oh yeah, yeah. He uh, yeah, he kind of Danny Mills is trying to grapple with him to get the ball, which is right on the on the corner sort of flag, if you like. And then Henri sort of moves aside, drags his his ball his foot back over the ball, and sort of megs Danny Mills, and then runs off. Uh, just fantastic, fantastic. Mm. Um, but the the best yeah. goal out of that, he um he pretty much runs from the halfway line with the ball with his pace just absolutely flies past everyone and uh, again typical sort of Henri goal puts it in the puts it in the far corner yeah yeah brilliant um i remember that game uh my favorite goal yeah was was that one where he's falling over yeah i think it's the one where he does he does the run isn't it and uh, yes that's right yeah he sort of falls over but still manages to chip it over the the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, just unbelievable, unbelievable. The other one that I remember fondly is uh, this was at Ellen Road. It was Arsenal leads against Arsenal, 95-96 season, and uh, of course, classic Ian Wright goal. You look at any montage of, of Wrighty, and this one always comes up. He um, he's, he's got the ball sort of towards the edge of the box. Um, and uh, he's bamboozling the defender. I don't know who the defender is, mind you. He's bamboozling the defender, left, right, left, right, turning him inside out, and um, he spots John Lukic, a former Arsenal goalkeeper, mm. uh, on the edge of the six-yard box and just dinks it over him absolutely majestically. It is not your classic Ian Wright goal, but it was a fantastic Ian Wright goal, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, I love a uh, chipped I love, love a chipped goal. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know what? Burkamp loves a chipped goal. Loves a chipped goal. And mm. um, that was the first season, I think, they were together. So it doesn't make you wonder, you know, was there a bit of influence from maybe stuff he'd seen in training that makes him think, oh, I'm going to give that a try. Yeah. I mean, he, he would 
just do anything he could really to get the ball in the net. So yeah, 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 yeah. you just don't know, do you? Right. So yeah, let's talk Leeds. Yeah. Thoughts on what you've seen of them so far this season and obviously last season. I mean, I guess since Marco Bielsa's come in. Yeah, uh, difficult to judge really. I mean, they're, they're quite sort of they're either hit or miss, and I know that's yeah. easy to say, but they either look really impressive and look like they're going to score a few goals, or they look pretty dreadful, to be honest. Mm. Um, I mean, they lost four-one to Palace, four-one to Leicester. So they're not looking great at the back, um, but we're not we're not looking like we can score loads of goals. So no, it'd be quite quite a tight one, I think. Yeah, if I'm mistaken, was it the first game of the season that they were close to beating Liverpool? Liverpool. They were drawing Liverpool yeah. four three. Was that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I remember that was the first game of the season, and I, I remember thinking, Jesus, this Leeds team really are good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No wonder they stormed the uh, the championship, but it's kind of gone a little bit off the boil for them. I don't know if they're getting found out at this level. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of the Premier League, I guess. We've just lost 3-0 to Villa, and yet mm. they beat Villa 3-0 with a Patrick Bamford hat-trick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they'll probably, they're good enough to stay up, I think. Um, and you know they've got Bamford he, he does get them goals and they've got Rodrigo who scored for Spain I think in the week as well yeah it's the same guy um, it is yeah yeah he was quite a big money signing wasn't he was it Valencia yeah yeah so it's a tricky one it's a tricky one I'm, I'm gl- this is one I'm glad there's no fans in for because um, it's a Ellen Ellen Road's uh, a tough place to go. So, yeah, I agree. I don't think it will be an easy game. You know, you used to think uh, back in the day, oh, it's a promoter team. That's three points. Mm. (laughs) It just doesn't happen anymore, does it? You just tend not to think against uh, against the Premier League team. I remember thinking that against Hull City once, and we lost. Um, Yeah. I mean, I thought that last season against Sheffield United, and look where they finished. Yeah, yeah. they're bottom of the league this season, though. So, yeah, who knows? One of our big concerns has been we spoke about it for a number of weeks now because it's been more prevalent, but it's it's been our lack of creative um, chances, and um, I guess the you know our best striker. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as you know he's, he's only scored sort of penalties and, and the odd chance that we've created he's, he's kind of put away but even he's not firing on all cylinders in fact he's actually only had four shots across his last four Premier League games <laughs> and the only goal he scored was against Man United in that penalty mm. so you see that and think geez if this is a team that we've got to outscore possibly on more than one occasion how the hell yeah. are we going to do it um, and I'm wondering whether Arteta is sort of thinking the same thing. You'd like to think he is, and I guess we'll come on to what we think might be a starting lineup in a minute. But yeah, something's but got to change, he, isn't it? It has, 
but whether it will or not, I'm not sure because I just feel like he's, you know, he, he's he's made us more sort of solid and defensively sound yeah. Uh, sound, yeah, which is what we've been crying out for for years. Yeah, and he's finally done it, and we're moaning that yeah, it's come at a price with with uh, with creativity. creativity. Um, he needs to find the right balance, or because uh, he's not he's not going to shift it completely the other way. Yeah. So we're all so we're gung ho. Yeah. Um, but I wish he would uh, when we're not winning a game and there's ten minutes left. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, look, if there's any hope for us this in in this game, um, it's that uh, where is it coming into this weekend's game? No side has conceded more Premier League goals than Leeds this season, uh, having lost their last two league games by a scoreline of 4-1. So, you, you know... They, you and your stats. Yeah, mate, mate. You know, these are the things that uh, that you need. You know, a bit of hope. I was looking at this going, geez, how are we going to score? They conceded eight goals in the last two games and only scored two. Yeah. You know, you got those things matter. Those things mm. matter. Um so uh, I guess you've got one team that can't create any chances and one that's conceding goals for fun. <laughs> it's got nil nil written all over. Nil nil, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put your money on it. Lump it on. Um, all right. Well, look, what uh, formations are always a tough one to predict. Um, yeah, but especially you, when you know, we don't really play. No, no, <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but no. from a, a, I guess uh, a team. What would be your preferred, not necessarily what do you think they would do, but what would be your preferred starting lineup for this game? Uh Leeds are goal. quite hacking by their nature. Yeah. Uh Leno in goal, I think. Uh back. I'd like to see a back four, but Tierney, Gabriel, Louise, Bellerin. Yeah. Um Midfield, I think you're looking at sort of Thomas Party, I think, if he's fit. Yeah. Uh, I probably would give Shaka a go okay. this one. Yeah. Because the two games that he's not played, I don't think we've looked as... Uh, mm. I don't know. For such a slow player, he, everything goes through him, doesn't it? And he's able to ping the ball and... You know, used yeah. like a quarterback sort of role, and we've not. Se- have we seen him and Party together yet? Did they start? I think we have. Yeah, Partys... no, I don't think we've seen him start Maybe. a game. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, you? Who else do you think? Do you um, think third midfielder, Saka, or? Uh, what are you thinking? Like a four-three-three, basically. Or a f- yeah, yeah. Um, if you're going for Xhaka and Party, uh, do you know what? I wonder if actually he might go for a uh, not not necessarily an attacking midfielder, but just a third, like you say, a third central midfielder, and yeah, probably Saka in that position. Mm. And then you there'll know, be I'm, three up front. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about what I want to see, but I suppose yeah. What I think I'm going to see is probably three at the back with Tierney, you know, the third. 
yeah. centre back, I would have thought. And then um, Saka as left wing back and uh, Bellerin right wing back. Don't yeah. you think? That's probably what we will see because then we can switch yeah. from a three to a five. Yeah. In 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 possession, out of possession, and that's something that they've done quite a lot this season. Mm. Um, I guess we'll we'll see. The big um, conundrum is not so much what formation we're going to play up front because it seems to be one down the middle and then a left and a right winger. It's who. Who and where. So what's your preferred playing option and what do you think he will do? Because we have got a bit of a Pepe William dilemma. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got a Lacazette and Ketia dilemma. And of course, we've got an Aubameyang one in as much as where does he play? So... What, what I want to say is Aubameyang down the middle. Yeah. I think it's time to sort of set him free, uh, so to speak. I think for a striker of his uh, talent, to I, I get that he scored goals out on the wing, but I just feel when we don't play well and we only get one or two chances I'd rather have him on the end of it than Lacazette agreed yeah and that that seems to be how these games are going we're, we're sort of nicking them mm-hmm. um, and as for the sort of the winging conundrum I, I, I'd play both of them I'd play William and Pepe and get them to switch during the game yeah same uh, I just feel like the interchange between the yeah. three it, it yeah. is better and with Saka at left wing back, I think works quite well as yeah. well. Are you going to throw something at the TV when you realise he's gone with Willian as a false nine? I agree with that game plan. I agree with that game plan up front. And then I think at some point, you know, invariably because of the type of strikers we've got, you'll see if we were to start with that, you would see Nketiah come on. I think, or, or Lacazette, and um, go into that centre-forward role and see Aubameyang drift out to the left again. And I think until Martinelli comes back, there's nobody that's naturally going to take that left position. I just don't, I, I think he sees Willian and Pepe as two right-wingers. I think he sees them both predominantly on the right. Yeah. And like I said before, when I think of Willian, I, I, my memories of him at Chelsea tend to be drifting in from the left and taking a shot into the far corner. Mm. You know, so uh, and, and Christ, the amount of penalties that are being given for handballs when they've just had people shooting at them from whatever. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just take some flipping shots, you know. If it, uh, what's the worst that will happen? It will, it will you know, go in. Yeah, you know? we need to sort of drive into the box as well, and 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 you know, like you say, try and not win a penalty, but make something happen. Buy a ticket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think, you know, there has to be that mix between, you know, not shoot on sight, but there, there's got to be that mix between the, the goals there, have a shot, and tiki-taka, walk it into the net. You know, because you, if you keep taking shots, people will, will just try and confront you, I guess, to, to stop you having the, the long shots. And if you keep doing the tiki-taka, people will just sit with a block so that you can't get through. If you mix it up, that sounds obvious, but they don't know what you're going to do, do they? 
So, okay, I guess all we can do is wait and see. But um, injuries at the moment, still got Callum Chambers out, still got Pablo Mari out, still got Gabriel Martinelli out, and we still got Reese Nelson out. Um, that was, uh, according to the Arsenal website, last updated on the 8th of November. So let's hope nobody has come back from international duty with any injuries. I've not heard of any, but you never know, do you? You never know. Right. Before we stop, shall we read some questions from our lovely listeners? Yeah. Yeah, boy. Right. What have we got here then? We always love listener questions. Just a reminder for the 15th millionth time, where can they find us if they ever want to get in touch? Diddly? At, at Blast Arsenal Pod. Correct. Right. Now, we've got loads of friends on the show. That's what I love about our, our uh, followers. Gary Nichols, who's at Gary Nichols 945. He says, where do you see football in five years time? A Euro Super League as it is now or something else? Well, five years is a long time in football. It is. And I'm old enough to remember when we didn't have the Champions League. Yeah. And it was just the European Cup. And the um, there was uproar at the time, you know, they're going to change this sort of classic competition and mess it, mess with it. And it was for all just for the money and for this and that. But come on, who doesn't love the Champions League, right? We'd love to be in it. That's right now. Yeah. Yeah. But why uh, would we love to be in it? Because of the money? I mean, obviously, there's well, the, the money, the games, the no, no, not the, not, not the money. I mean, obviously, the money brings better players. Yeah. Um, and you want to be competing at the highest level, but just the games are better, even the ones you lose. Like they're better <laughs> to watch. Who, who, I'd rather yeah. get, I'd rather watch um, a Bayern Munich masterclass and get spanked five-one by them, than you know lose two-one to Frankfurt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No one wants to lose their sausage. And, and what what I'm getting at is, you know, while I'd be a bit unsure of a European Super League, money talks, and I, I can see it happening. Yeah. Five yeah. years, you know, maybe a bit too soon but yeah i wouldn't rule but, i wouldn't rule it out no well, the idea was mooted around when um david dean and arsene wenger were yeah. at arsenal wasn't it and um, i think the worry there was that the richest clubs would move even further into the mega rich status and you know when you've got clubs like all jokes aside Wrexham having to be saved and bought out by some um you know american actors or you look at the likes of you know Berry that went out of business last year um, and all these other clubs that are going into administration I guess there's that disparity just getting bigger and bigger isn't it so I don't know I can see it happening I I do wonder whether we'd be part of it Um, or you know what would what would be the um, the invite you know, what would be the minimum requirements? You've had to have been in the top four in your league for the past X out of however many seasons, or is it based on your 
history of capacity that's always the thing isn't it when you talk football who's the bigger club and people say well you know Villa have won the Champions League or the European Cup and Arsenal haven't does that mean they're a bigger team Arsenal have got a bigger stadium does that mean they're a bigger team mm. I'd be interesting to see how that kind of works out really yeah um, and I think the other thing is if you're going to do a European Super League Surely it's not just a closed team of 20 that never get relegated and never get promoted, or not promoted, but obviously you, you win you win the league. But how, did, how does it change? Is it once you're in, that's it? Well, if you look at American, I mean, I've said before we're getting more Americanized. Mm. Um, and, you know, with the it's starting to seem like teams are like franchises for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, the NBA, you know, there's no relegation in that. It's the same every year. It is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. And some teams are awful every year in it. Mm. And certain teams, you know. The difference like, is, though, in American sports, they have, they have a draft system, don't they? So yeah, yeah. the worst teams get the first pick of the best players. Yeah, coming out of the colleges. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So... Um, which is great because then yeah they don't hold on to them though well yeah they tend not to they they either don't have the finances to keep them long term because they get bought out by a um, or traded to a, a team that is um, I guess historically one of the bigger the one of the bigger teams or you know from yeah. a bigger a bigger city um, well one to look at and like I said I can see it happening but it, I don't want it to happen if I'm completely honest. Mm. I stick with the Champions League. Yeah, know? whether I, I, whether it would take over completely, I'm not sure, but I can see it as being a, another competition on top. Yeah, but uh, it, in and that that it would be probably less games, and it would uh, strengthen their position in their domestic leagues even more so because mm. yeah. They're what would just, that do though to the likes of the Champions League and the Premier League as a as a you know if your best clubs are not in the Premier League anymore because they've gone to a European Super League, yeah. does the Premier League become null and void? Um, you know, I'm gonna say this respectfully, but you look at the likes of um a Sheffield United, we'll just pick on them, or a Burnley, you know, one of the, the a Brighton, one of the smaller sort of Premier League clubs. Wait, are Brighton still in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Um, Seagull. I, I guess, yeah, I guess for them, you know, part of the uh, attraction for their supporters is they get to see the biggest teams come into the Amex or Turf Moor or you know wherever. Mm. And if you haven't got those big clubs in there, you're just the glorified Championship League in a way, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so good question that lots of debate yeah, in it. yeah good, good yeah, lots to think about thanks for that Gary Nichols. probably not qualified um, to answer that one no no give us your <laughs> views though I'm you know, generally interested to, to know what other people think would they be up yeah. for that or not if you're in it it's fine if you're not in it you kind of feel like you're left out in the cold mm. the second rate league aren't you right uh, we've got two more to rattle through uh, first one is from Artetari, who is at George Holu. Hello. Uh, he says, is Mikel Arteta capable of reorientating our play structure to dominate and get results over teams that are technically below us? Mm. That's a big question. 
That is a big question. Um, I guess what he's asking in simple terms is, uh, can we get Arteta to, or can Arteta get Arsenal to come up with a playing format that allows us to dominate teams and beat players that are playing, uh, sorry, beat teams that have the low block? You know, if they're yeah. not as good as us, they do tend to just. Yeah, sit I keep so. keep hearing that um, this season. That seems to be the the, the on trend thing to say. The low buzzword. Block. Yeah, the buzzword. Uh, you mean part of the bus? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I I, I think we're lacking that creative player, aren't we? That yeah. someone to unlock. And it's not all down to one player, but you know, one or two more of those types of players, and yeah. we probably wouldn't struggle so much. Whether he can change the system or not, with the players he's got, uh, I don't think so. I think he's probably getting the best out of them. Yeah, I just think he needs to just loosen his grip on it, and you know, he's 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 all he's telling them, you know, what How where to pass. Yeah, Somebody and, uh, gave us that question last week, didn't they? When yeah, they said, yeah, and you know, you know telling them how to drink water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think the the you're right. He's getting the best out of what he's got, but I think what gives me hope, and I say that again, it's the hope that kills you. But what gives me hope is the spine that we've managed to assemble in terms of. Leno, Gabriel, Party, Aubameyang. And um, the fact that two of those were new signings this season, um, it gives me hope that there's probably a plan behind the scene to address it. Mm. So, uh, you know, you can't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, was it? So we have to wait and, and give him the opportunity. And I keep hearing about, you know, Klopp. Klopp did not make Liverpool this fantastic machine in eight months or in a year. Did he? You know, it took a good few no, seasons to get going. He's he's changed that entire team. Yeah, and it weren't done in one transfer window. No, it so, wasn't. so we just got to be winning. It's a bit like Pep in his first season. You know, I'm, I'm pretty certain they weren't firing on all cylinders in his first no, season. Right no, by the weren't. second season they did, but mm. you know, when you're owned by Qatar, you're gonna be. Yeah. Um, actually, it's not Qatar, is it? It's Abu Dhabi. Yeah, whatever. Uh, right, last one. We've answered this before in our first uh, episode, which was well, this was from Canon Chatter at Canon Chatter. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He says, "How did you both come to follow Arsenal?" Obviously, as I say, if you listen to uh, our episodes from episode one, you'll know. But yeah. not everyone has, which is understandable. So why don't you give a quick recap of how you came to support Arsenal, Diddley? I just I fell in love with him, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, my my old man being Italian didn't have an English team really, so uh, you know I kind of got to choose my own. And when I got into football, I just love watching righty way he scored, the way he celebrated, and uh, fell in love with Arsenal. Not looked back since. <laughs> Not look back, no. That's it. And that's sort of, we're talking 92, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was um, it was very much a, a peer thing. You know, my dad's not into football, stop, let alone having an English team. And um, 
which again is quite rare for for Italians. And um, all of my friends at school were big Arsenal fans. You know, I think it must have been around the 89-90 season, primary school. Obviously, just won the league. Everyone, yeah, Arsenal, my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you just go with the crowd, don't you? You follow your friends. I was like, yeah, yeah, football, Arsenal, brilliant. And, uh, and then Man United had their dominance in the 90s, so everyone sort of switched allegiance. But, you know, I can't, I'm just not that kind of guy. I'm a loyal guy, you know. Once I'm, once I'm with you, I'm with you, you know. And he's, he's, he's not wrong. I can't get rid of him. Uh, yeah, he's trying. But uh, every, every, every Monday I come back for more podcasting. Um, so that was it. Once Arsenal was my team, they were my team, you know, through... Yeah. Through, you know, I'm sticking with them, and um, that's it. What, what more can you do? I, I don't understand people that can switch uh, switch allegiance like that. But uh, each each to his own, or her, or her, uh, each to their own. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's how we came to support Arsenal and like that will for many a season more. Yeah. Diddly, we've been talking for an hour and twenty. I think it's time to let these people go. Get excited for the Leeds game and get your questions into us ready for post-match analysis next Monday. So, uh, I don't think we need to tell you where you can find us because you've heard it 101 times. But do us a favour, subscribe to the show and leave us an Apple podcast review if you are on Apple. If you're not on Apple, just tell your friends to do it for you instead. (laughs) so what's that? Did he anything you want to add? No, just uh, keep supporting, uh, keep listening. Um, yeah, leave a rating on Apple for us. That'd be nice. And that keep tweeting. Yes. Ah, oh, ah. Now, just before we go, I don't know, this might be a bit of an exclusive or <laughs> I might have to cut it out because I'm putting my foot in it. Did you say that you found or acquired a potential Arsenal competition prize. I have. So look out for that. Maybe a Christmas, uh, a little Christmas bonanza. I don't know if that's really the right phrase to use, but we're going to go with it. Right, I'm waffling. You lot are bored. We're ready to go. Make sure you catch us next week. Thank you as ever. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Come on, you gunners. Up the Arsenal. See you later. Don't forget, mate. Last from the Arsenal. Big love. Bye. Ciao. You're listening to Blast from the Arsenal.